I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast, powered, of course, by Code Sports for the entire season this year. So thank you very much to Code. I'm joined by the illustrious Pistol. How are you? I feel like I'm doing okay, but also terribly at the same time, if that makes sense. It does. It actually perfectly describes how I feel. Um, are we talking about in real life or the game of Supercoach? <laughs> the, the game. Because if you're no, in real game. life, we'll chat about that after the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's got that vibe to it. So I think a lot of us, especially in our community, um, scored about subpar, like just subpar, about what you expect in round one with a lot of inflated um, players who you know don't pick rookies and stuff going up into the higher echelons of the ranking system. Um, and then the second week, I think we we're all on top of the world. We all had a pretty good week, um, bounced back into you know the top 30K, 25K, wherever you guys landed, top 10K even. Um, this week felt like a, a kick in the groin, <laughs> um, especially for some of us uh, with, with incorrect rookie decisions. We ended up falling further behind even our peers in within the, uh, the Slack and, and the community who listen. So... Um, it's it's been a genuine roller coaster so far. I can't describe it in any other way. Um, what did you what do you rank? What did you score this week, Crystal? <laughs> so I scored two one three seven, which I was happy enough with. I mean, a lot of it went right, some of it went wrong, mm-hmm. mostly the premiums. But I got the rookies right, which I think was part of the key things for this week. Yeah, um, for sure. The only problem was I had three trades last week. Um, to kind of set up my team for success because I wasn't happy with the structure. So I needed to I needed to change the structure, but it was kind of a two-part plan and the next part of the plan gets executed this week. But I traded out Gorn last week uh, for Sherry via DPP of Hayes. So Sherry uh, was good, so right. I was happy with that. And then brought in, I did Chapman, who obviously scored well, uh, to Hewitt, which went very well. And I traded out Ward to Cripps. Um, keeping Barry, and I think all of those were really positive moves for my side. Yeah. Um, I held McGovern because I planned to swap him to Pruce, and Pruce looked really good. So I was like, okay, my team feels like it's in a comfortable position now because I've got 
the R2 that I actually wanted at the beginning of the season. Um, my bad rookies are on the bench. Pretty much my every everyone that's on field is like someone that I quite tr- like trust and feel like will score well, which feels like a good place. The only problem is I'm like half a dozen trades down, <laughs> you yeah. know, already, which is a terrible feeling. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm falling in rank as well at the same time. I fell last week to 26K, which is not a great feeling when you feel like your team's not too bad. So I jumped into the, the top 10K last week after a decent week. Um, a reality check this week, straight back out to 22.809 in my season rank. Um, Still beating me. Yeah, just. <laughs> a score of 20.61 this week. Um yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't really know what to say. I have a lot of faith in my team. I don't think I've had. I don't think I've been ranked this poorly to start the season, but felt so good about where my team is to start the season. Um, I essentially, I have all the good cash gen guys. I have all the good rookies. Um, after trading in Nick Martin this week, I've used four trades. I but that's a, that's accommodated Crips and George Hewitt into my side. Um, I just think my team is very good, yet this very second it doesn't feel great so um i think it's just one that you have to i mean it's got it's it's a it's a wavy season isn't it it's going to be up and down all year i think and until things settle at about you know around six or seven we're probably not going to have an accurate idea of how far ahead or behind um the other structures we are so it's it's interesting. I think I'm up for the ride this year. But before we get into the actual crux of the podcast, um, we've got a couple of things to quickly go over. For starters, the Patreon. So we had two new signups this week. One person who's supremely confident in their ability. Their name is Woefully Inept. And <laughs> the second is Daniel Yi. So welcome to you two, our two new Patreons. Um, and we have a couple of Cancer Council donations as well. Oh, welcome to the new people. Thank you very much for signing up and supporting us. And uh, for those that support the Cancer Council this week, uh, Scotty has donated just saying Port Adelaide. I'm pretty sure I saw that was a uh, friendly wager, Port Adelaide mm. versus Adelaide, um, yep. $20 to the Cancer Council for the, the loser of that match. Sorry, JB. Glad I have um, that bet because that would have been an insult <laughs> to injury. No, but thank you, Scotty, for that one. And to uh, Connor Ramsey, he's uh, <laughs> said, cursed all slack traders of Whitfield when he was on six at quarter time. Yep. Made Al mad. And then I donated $2 for every disposal he had starting at his eighth. Please forgive me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Connor, Connor said about three quarters of the way through the first quarter when Whitfield was on about four or five points. Um, just, just the words, Whitfield has started slow or well done to those who traded Whitfield. And as soon as he did that, Whitfield had that, that ball inside 50 that resulted in a goal and got him up to about 16, 17 points. And I think Connor knew and the pile on was quite fierce, but (laughs) you you just don't say things in the first quarter of, especially someone like Lockie Whitfield who can put points on in a hurry um, yeah, I think he upset 90% of slack there. But the 10% that held um, got a good result from Whitfield this week. And that, that is something that we're actually going to discuss pretty early in the podcast. Pistol. We can I th- jump I into it, we can it, jump in straight away. Um, so essentially, we're going to start the podcast by talking about... Um, <laughs> Whitfield. <laughs> I was going to say Whitfield, but actually, let, let's, let's stuff the segue up completely. I want to sh- talk to you a little bit about just how reactive th- this game is and... 
um, how long the season is and what usually works for the, the seasoned coaches who rank well. So um, just, just a short informal chat just about how you think or what you sort of um, recognize as something that you need to react to immediately or what you recognize as people being too reactive to, to some situations. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'm going to answer most of it and then I want to throw yeah, a spin onto it. But basically, the things that you want to be fixing now are players who either fail the eye test or have a role change that looks like they're going to be poor selections for a long period of time. But that is subjective um, and you really need to, especially if you're training premium, you really need to be sure about it. And they're pretty much the only reason that you would be trading a premium out other than injury. Um, there's no you know, other re- reason. And there's, there's going to be half a dozen good picks that you wish you had in your super coach side, but that doesn't mean that you should desperately grab them because not all of them will be successful picks for the you know, length of the season. They've just come out hot. Um, and you got to back in the guys that you know you spent your preseason, you know, researching and, and picking for your side. So I think that's the first part that I want to say, JB. But I'm going to add my own twist to your question and say, I guess where people find themselves now in the season, um, depending on how they're ranking, or you know, it could be in a they're ranking very high or they're ranking poorly. Whichever way it is, just kind of flip the advice, I guess. Um, I'll, I guess I'll talk to both of it though, JB. If you're ranking poorly um, at the time there's two two main things um, that you can do one you can trade overly aggressively um, and the risk is that if you trade poorly by being over aggressive which I find to be the most common um, or the most likely scenario um, like because you're behind you get desperate and you trade more poorly a lot of the time yep um, you end up going further back and it's damaging. So the, if you trade aggressively, you have to nail your trades. Um, and if you basically don't trade aggressively and you keep your calm and keep your cool, you let the people ahead of you you know, make the mistakes and you actually move up that way and then you have more trades laid and you come home more strongly as well. Um, and that's probably the way that most people should play that scenario. And then on the flip side, if you've started very well, a lot of people are thinking, you know what, I'm only 300 points from first place. And they also try to trade aggressively to catch first place and a lot of the time end up overextending and make mistakes with their trades and then they fall back. So, Can I, can I give kind you an of, example from experience on this one? Please. So last season I started around the top 100. Um, I think Butters and Houston were pretty much my PODs. My success story, the guys who got me up in that that area. I think you were like 70 or something around two, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, I try not to dwell on it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But essentially, I saw two two situations in which I really wanted to to take advantage of. First of all was Dustin Martin. I saw he was owned by about 60% of the competition. He was playing good footy. And although I didn't like the pick in the preseason, I thought it was a good opportunity to to sort of cancel out the, the reverse POD in case he went well. Um, that's an, that was an aggressive trade that I don't think I would have made if I was ranked poorly um, or just sort of ranked in the, the moderate range around the 5K mark, for example. Um, and it backfired. Dusty got concussed that game in which he was already scoring really poorly anyway um, and then scored poorly pretty much for five more weeks and then you know got pushed out for the entire season. So 
Um, that was one example. Another example was getting Jack Steele, who I thought at 630K, for some reason I thought this, he would, I thought this is pretty much the lows of his low. Like he's not going to go lower than this. Um, he'd put up back to back 140s. I did back him in the preseason, but just couldn't find the cash for him during, during the, uh, the team building. And I paid up for him too highly and just played it aggressive. I, I just wanted that POD on other people. Um, and then, of course, as most premiums do, especially the ones that start hot, they don't stay hot. And then he came down to a, a cheaper price. I lost about 80K on that. Uh, and the player that I traded out went on to make a bit of cash as well. So um, I, I just aggressive trading, although it can work, it can, it can be you know for the better. I thought I made two pretty good and wise decisions for my situation at that point last season. And both of them essentially... Um, derailed my entire year so I think it's it's just so important to just keep your cool and there's so many weeks in the season and these three weeks in a simulation could have been played out at any point in the year and we could have started amazingly or super poorly and these three weeks could have happened at any point um, and when you think of it like that it just feels so silly to overreact to to things that aren't as bad as what you might think Three rounds, JB, in a season of 23 rounds. Like, it, everything could be flipped on its head in three weeks. It just was you know, between I mean, week two and week three. Basically. I, I'm feeling more cash generation-wise. The trading, the timing of trades this season is going to be more important than any of the last couple of seasons because, one, we have more successful cash cows, which are making so mid prices and yeah. they're making some good money. Rookies are also making really good money. All of them are going to end up being able to be culled at a similar point in time, which means picking and choosing which rookies to cull and which and mid prices to cull and which ones to keep will be really important, as well as, you know, the timing of when you're picking players at bottom out. It's never going to be more important than this season. And you've really got to think that, hold on, if that's the most important part of the season, you know, there's from round six is like the upgrade cycle usually, round six to like 14, there's that, you know, eight, nine week of trading and that's the most important time of the season. The first six weeks seem important because, you know, everyone's excited about Supercoach and And rankings and are so like volatile that, and people think this, this is the no moment to get ahead. between yeah. 10K and me is like 80 points or something yeah, like that. Exactly. So it doesn't really matter. Um, I'll just, I mean... Saying that, I'm someone that is playing objectively overly aggressive, um, but I'm also, I guess, <laughs> rightly or wrongly more confident in my trading abilities than, I guess, some other people perhaps. So I, I, um, guess, I guess, though, there's yeah. a difference between just playing aggressively and doing what I did and, and sort of playing aggressively and, and desperately. And there's a difference between identifying players like Crips and Hewitt, um, like we identified last week, two weeks later than a lot of the competition that those guys were actually in must have territory. If, if you can facilitate the trades correcting to those guys, people might think is, is aggressive, just jumping on hot starters. Um, I see those as corrective trades and not aggressive trades whatsoever. Maybe trading gone out is aggressive pistol. Um, yeah. But as far as aggression goes, I think, I think you've been more relaxed than what you think you have been. Um, I think you've been I making think- smart decisions so far. I mean, we can talk about Gorn and Proust now, I guess, because... No, 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 you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. No, I mean, it's a short part. It's all natural part of the conversation in the ruck line, I guess. Um, JB, I think... For some reason, we'll talk about the rucks first. Go for it. Yeah. 
We will. I think <clears throat> the thing was with Gorn, we all saw his first two games were poor and he was going to drop a lot in price. Yep. Um, and that, you know, doesn't really matter if you plan on holding him. So if you don't plan on holding him... By the way, you know, scores of 92, 88, and 117 this year. Yeah. So I think a lot of us didn't want to start Gorn to start the season, like, yep. you know, when Supercoach opened and even up to like three weeks before the season, people had Proust at, you know, R2 until he got his suspension and then they were trying to find someone else to start where they went to English, which is ideal, or if they jumped to Darcy or whatever it is. People didn't want to start Gorn because they didn't think it was good value. Um, and the value game never really changed. People end up choosing Gorn for the safety. Um, and that might be right, but when Proust was looking like he was going to be the sole ruck and knowing, I guess, how well Proust scores, I was like, look, I just kind of think that the gap between Proust and Gorn is not going to be mammoth and being able to upgrade a Chapman to a Hewitt and a Ward to a Cripps, you know, I'm, I'm injecting 200 points per week into my side. Um, and that's kind of where I was like, all right, I'm just going to get aggressive here. And watching Proust, like, Proust was phenomenal. He he outrucked Wits, who pretty much the week before had outrucked Gorn. Um, not saying that makes Proust better than Gorn, but it just means that Proust's pedigree as a ruck, I would rate you know, very highly and think that he can be a very successful pick, not at like, you know, 105 territory. I, I think it's probably fair to say that he could average 100 as a ruckman just because he's got such a large body, um, big frame. He'll get plenty of hit outs to advantage, especially when he's hitting it to someone like Green, who's really, really good, um, you know, clearance specialist. And also he's you know, marking it around the grounds. And if he could kick straight, he probably puts on more points. I mean, he's also somebody that's got a 140 plus game in him as well. So he's going to make a lot of money and he's going to score well. And I was like, look, if I'm going to try and make some ground up on the competition, I'm going to try and pick the, I guess, highest reward play. And that was kind of what I identified. And I'm like, look, I'm just going to go for it now. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you my take on Paris, I guess. So uh, I think he was excellent as well. And I think the prototype of the, the Proust pick is pretty much seen right now in, in um, Jared Witts. This a similar type, tack, tap Ruckman, very tall, um, can take an overhead mark, isn't reliant on it. Um, I guess Gorn's kind of reliant on the overhead mark. Um, and I suppose just when given sole Ruck duties is is someone that you can pencil in I agree. I, I think triple figures, but for conservative sake, let's just say 95 average, um, which is more than enough to A, be on your field and, and B, just make a, a ton of money, um, probably as much as any other mid price that we're looking at now in, in Brody or Sherry or um, even Cornelio. So I, I think it's I think it's very interesting. I think Proust as a pick is interesting and quite obvious, actually, as we said in the preseason, it felt obvious to us um, when comparing the value in the, in the two selections. I have a lot of, um, a lot of, I suppose, um, drawbacks on Proust and, and the pick in general. I think, firstly, it's not to be understated. He is very injury prone. Yep. Heaps. Um, secondly, he plays for GWS, um, which just seems like a, an observation, but it's actually a negative. Um, <laughs> the coach, the coach, I guess, just being so volatile and not knowing his best team. 
in any position, I think, on any given day, he probably knows his best five guys and then um, the rest of them probably fight for their actual career every single week because it's like Leon forgets what happens between games and I don't know. He's, he's, he's a weird coach. He's a coach that I don't like to back in to make the right decision, um, which is why I limit my GWS players but still start at Whitfield for some reason whose role would look shot. Um, but I, I just think if you could tell me right now that Flynn isn't playing as a second ruck against the, the taller teams or if Pruce isn't just going to get dropped after two bad games, not that I think he's going to get it, but having the security, I guess, is just a different story altogether. I, w- I would be more involved in the Pruce R2 discussion. But as it stands, I think the risk-reward... By the way, everyone, I think everyone will end up having Pruce at R3 is sort of yeah. where I'm coming out with this. Having him at R2, it, it, just, it just has inherited so much more risk, I think, um, with those factors, so much more. I, I just want to know your backup plan, your get-out-of-jail-free card. Well, I guess in terms of his position for GWS, I think we saw like how good Proust was comparing Flynn's performance to Proust. Like, oh, Proust was better this Pr- week, Pr- Proust, absolutely. It, it wasn't even, it's not even like a close, like Proust's ability as a ruck, I see like as a slightly better version of Wits. Like I think that's how good he is as a ruck. I don't have any concerns whatsoever about him not being the number one ruck for GWS. I think he's that good of a player. My concern is that I don't know if his body can last the whole season of being number one. Actually, I'm almost certain his body can't last the whole season of being Luckily, the number one ruck. You don't need it to, but he can, he comes no, up against Darcy will and come Gorn, in. right? In the next yeah. two. Are you saying if he's, if he's outrucked in the next two... Which is possible. I mean, he's a good ruckman, but he's versing two of the better ruckmen in the competition. Um, if GWS lose one of the next two, and, and you know he potentially has a, a moderate game in both games, is there a world where you see Flynn come back in for a game or two? I, I can see it personally. Flynn can come in, and they can ruck together. But I also think Proust can still be. He's more of a dangerous forward than Wits is. Like Proust can take a clunk. He's he's a good marker and contested marker as well. I don't think his scoring goes down to like fifties, you know, playing forward. Um, you know, maybe forwards, it's though. maybe it's seventies. Is he not in danger of being dropped? I, I don't think that he will be dropped. Okay, like unless he's rested for injury purposes. I don't think form is actually also very possible. No, it is very possible com- completely, <laughs> and they could that. try and rest him. Yeah, you know, he might play two. He might play two or three games, and they say, "Look, just have a breather. We've got other rucks," and and that absolutely could totally be what happens. Um, but I also think that as long as they want to play, you know, uh, like he'll be the number one ruck for the side. And whether that's with Flynn or without Flynn, like he's going to be the main guy. And that's why it makes a lot of sense to also have him at R3 to take, you know, his cash generation. He has the round 12 buy. So he's pretty much the only ruck that doesn't have the, you know, round 14 buy, I guess English as well, um, which is very handy. But in terms of like, those games, you remember when Flynn scored like 140 on our bench and it was like great for cash gen, but you wish you had it on your field. I guess that's kind of where this goes um, as well as taking off, you know, I, I pretty much managed to avoid Stevens 23 and Rochelle's 36 because I was able to upgrade two spots on my field. And I guess that's where the benefit comes right at the beginning of the season. Less benefit at the end of the season because no one's taking off, you know, you don't have rookies to take off. Um, but right now, that's that's I guess a double-edged 
benefit than to know what's the opposite yeah. of double edged sword. I, I, I can't, um, I can't like, I can't talk against the benefit because the benefit's there, right? So you can see it, I can see it. Anyone, it doesn't matter how much you hate Proust and how much you you think the negatives outweigh the benefits. You can't deny the actual existence of the benefits. They they are all there. Um, I think points on field um, is a plus. I think cash generation is is probably about the same as everyone else because we're all going to get Proust anyway. And we um, have covered this year. And I mean, we've got Dixon and Hayes, but there's ever a chance Until neither round of those two play this week. But round six, we get Sherry. So he only needs to last. That's correct. He, like he's going to get to round six. He only has to like last quite two confident. more games. Two more games. Um, like surely. Surely. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I think that's going to happen. Absolutely. Um, and then and then you got cover. So I'm like, oh, I'm not super stressed. I think it's a pretty low risk the big reward pick. But the problem is now, after Gorn's already dropped 50, 60K, I don't know if you... Like, I, I'm not really super confident in that... Like, the play was last week. I don't know if it's this week. Yeah, so, all right, I'll come, I'll come at this one from my angle then because I still Please. have Gorn. Um, he's got 117 on the weekend. I think it was another weekend in which he could have gone bigger, um, yep. but I was very happy with the 117. He, he looks like he's building. Um, as someone who's played many a season in the AFL, you wouldn't imagine he'd, he'd need to build into it. Um, but the whole ruck scoring poorly thing, as concerning as it is, I, I don't think it's a sustainable thing that's going to continue in the game. I think you are going to want Gorn and you are going to want Grundy by the end of the season. Um, you're probably going to want English and you're probably going to want to have owned Bruce at one point as well. But you can kind of do all of them. Um, and, and I just don't think... I don't think jumping off of Gorn now, knowing that you're going to have to trade him back in, is is the play. I think, like you said, 60K ago, I understand. And I understand what you did, and I think it's going to pay off for you with, with Jack Hayes scoring a, a good enough 57, and Dixon, if you use him to cover, a good enough 61. Um, but I, I just think now, every week that passes, it's just a, a, that was a great week one play, not a, sorry, week two play. Not a oh we should this is still relevant we should do it now. I think you just lock in the the two big guys and back in that they're going to do exactly what they've done every other year in the past and I still believe they're going to do this year and that's one fifteen plus average. Yeah, I, I'm. You know what people keep saying you're going to want to trade back in Gorn. I don't think it's a dead certainty, JB. I think when you get to round fifteen, when I'm going to be upgrading my ruck slot probably. Um, there's not that many rounds and it's very possible that you think, you know, I'm going to roll the dice with this ruck cover that we've got, especially if I've got English in my forward line by then. Um, I don't know what's if, if Sherry's a keeper at that point. I've got no idea what will happen. But if you want to take, you know, eight weeks of Darcy, who probably has better scoring potential than Gorn, at least you don't need Darcy to last 20, you know, 23 games um, of a season. You only need him to last eight in a row, which I know is a big ask. There's but every chance think- he's operating in a moon boot by then, but... There is every chance, but there's also a chance that you get him at a massive price discount on so- on someone like Gorn as well. So I don't think, I don't know. It's not a definite when people say you're going to get Gorn. I think that one's let's wait and see. It's likely, but I don't think it's. I think 100%. it's logical to say this guy or at least this slot will have to return yeah. your team. I don't know. We'll have to, but I think it's the likely outcome that he does. I just think that there's room. As in, I, I if, like if it's him or Darcy for 600k, whichever one it is, that yeah. slot has to come back into your team. Yeah, because you're not no, you're not going to have Bruce Dixon, Hayes, Sherry rolling through there for the entire season. I think that'd be quite surprising. No, 
No, no, definitely not. But it is it is interesting, and there's many ways to play play this game. Um, I think it's a very interesting discussion as well. Um, I think we'll be talking more about Proust somehow next week uh, than than this week. Well, uh, the thing is, let me let me stop you there. We've dis- yeah. we've discussed this a lot, and we've actually already almost gone past how how long I thought this entire podcast would be, just on this one discussion. <laughs> You don't need Proust this week. Uh, you might, personally, you might, because if Hayes and Dixon go down, then you actually do need him. For yeah. those of us who have Gorn and Grundy and are holding firm, or for those of us who have whatever English or whatever cover that you have in there, you do not need to get Proust this week. And I'd adv- advise against it with his injury history, with GWS yeah. being just absolute weird units. We want to see him named for two more weeks before we get him in. Um, as in named for the second week after this one and trade him in for that week. Um, I, I see a lot of people trying to move Rochelle to him this week. Rochelle's going to break him to 40. If he drops any money, it's going to be very limited money. And I think he actually, he, he's probably going to be a better longer-term hold. But we can discuss all of this next week. Rochelle, Dixon, Hayes, whoever we're moving to Bruce, um, that can all be discussed next week because Bruce will then be the premier trading option. I will say you get if you're if you're like me and you were running Hazer R2, you get a free hit at looking at Dixon play first against Collingwood. Um, you can put the emergency on him and see how he goes. And then if you're happy with it, um, well, I mean, sorry, assuming Hayes is dropped and that's what's caused this, you know, confusion, um, you get a free look at at Dixon. And then if Dixon does badly, then you could potentially trade in um, Proust because most of the options that you're going to trade, whether it's an Owens or McGovern or a Hayes or however you're getting to Proust and Proust himself all play after Dixon. So there's some flexibility to change minds throughout the weekend as well, which is kind of cool. Um, but JB, before we finish up with Rux, just... No, I've got Hayes to, he- to talk about with Rux. Uh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I was just going to ask what your thoughts on... Um, English are because it's getting to a stage where his scoring is going to force us to, to look very heavily at him. So um, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts about him and you know the sustainability of his scoring and role and all that. So I wish health and safety protocols didn't rule out Steph Martin this past week. I'd have a lot more to say based on whether he was available and not selected or was selected. Um, that look, they won the game. English was best on. He's got 152, obviously outstanding. I don't know if him playing number one ruck is sustainable for the Western Bulldogs, for him, for Supercoach, whatever. Um, he was best on ground. He was best on ground. That's great. And <laughs> that's great. It is great. But <laughs> his midfield still weren't amazing. And I, I, I don't know if they got up in that battle. I didn't see the statistics, but. Um, they only just got over the line. I know Sydney are decent, but they need to win games. And I don't know if English playing the entire game in the ruck is their winning method. Um, I just don't. And I, again, he was best on ground. He was brilliant. I can see, I can foresee Steph Martin playing 10 games this year. And it, it, even if that's it, if it's just 10 games, he's in and out against the biggest the biggest sides. They've got Richmond this week who have Nate and Soldo. Um, we could literally see it this coming week. North, who have Sherry and Goldstein. We could see it in back-to-back weeks. Um, I think it's just one to monitor. I'm, I'm still on the edge of trusting this guy. And we've seen what happens when Steph is in the team. He goes to a 50s player. Um, oh, 70s, let's be realistic. Okay, let's say, let's say his floor drops to a 50s player. 
Um, yeah, okay. That that's scarily bad, and that is dropping lots of money. Bad. Um, I, I just can't trust him enough to to endorse trading him in before we see a higher sample size. And I will just, I'll, honestly, I'll just pay up for him if if it gets to that as a as a forward premium. He's not going to average. What is, what is he averaging this minute? 125 for the entire season. Yeah. I, I don't think he's got that in him. Even even with a really good year, I don't think he's got 125 in him. I think there's a stage where he's back at this price or cheaper and we can assess it again and, and trade him in or you know decide that it's too risky with Steph Martin. If you do believe in English and you have the money from somewhere to get him now or I don't even know what you're swinging around to be able to get Tim English this week. Um, say Whitfield. <laughs> Whitfield, for example. Then if that's what you if that's what you believe in, then go for it. I'm not trying to talk you out of him, but just if Steph Martin's name this week, I, I would hold hold the horses. But if not, then then go for it. I just need to see more of him, I think. I think this was the most important week for us to get a read on the Bulldogs team and English owners came up massively trumps because what ended up happening was Ugal Hagen got to have a role in that forward line and looked really good. And the problem is if he was bad, I think Steph Martin would have come in to the side and English would have played a bit more forward. And that probably puts an end to this whole story. But Ugal Hagen was so good that I don't think he can be dropped now. And if he can't be dropped, I don't see how there's a spot in their side for Steph Martin next week. So I think English is going to get another go around. And basically it's relying on one Ugo Hagen to keep performing well in this follow-up work and, you know, tackling and his second efforts. And two, English not getting destroyed in the midfield. And I'm looking at their their who they're playing, Richmond. I don't see Richmond destroying Bulldogs in the midfield. Well, they've just got a hot of GWS, they, so I don't know. Well, I mean, they don't have Richmond doesn't have the midfield, they didn't have the caliber. No, they didn't of, against GWS either. I know, but I I, I cannot Bulldogs midfield is a different class than GWS. They're not even in the same stratosphere. So I would be surprised if Steph Martin came in this week. I'd be even more surprised if he came in after this week. I think we're looking at, you know, three, four weeks down the track. So this is kind of, it feels like if you believe in English, now is the week for English. And if you don't believe in English, you're waiting for the buy to reassess the whole situation. Um, and I think that's also perfectly valid because, of course, Steph Martin could come in, as you said, um, at any point in time. And that probably changes the whole dynamic. I will say, though, with English, his role was very strange. Um, it was fantastic for fantasy purposes, really weird to watch in real life. He actually was on the weak side on a switch. So the ball, you know, the weak side being where the play isn't. Mm-hmm. The fat and side. And he would be, he, when they switch the ball from one side of the ground to the other, he was usually on the other side of the wing all alone taking these uncontested marks and then being able to boot it either inside the forward 50 or, you know, trusting him to hit up a target running at him at the half forward line, which is a fantastic super coach role because you're getting all these free marks and free kicks and potentially goal assists if you can nail it in inside. So it was the most wonderful role, but you've got to wonder, <laughs> usually people kick up the line to a contest um, and, you know, trust in their big man to take a big mark or a contested mark is like a bailout option. But that wasn't Bulldog's strategy at all. They just switched at all costs to Team English, and I've never seen that before. And if that's something that's like a genuine strategy that they're going to use week to week, 
then he's going to end up being a must-have because it's just going to be so many points up for him, up for grabs. So tactically, it's something that we need to be aware of moving forward. I got a quick one for you. Rowan Marshall owners, 124.67 and then a 58 with the three tools in this week. I think there's a chance they'd run with that in the future. I don't think it's a guarantee regardless. Um, with Ryder and Marshall in the team, I don't think Marshall, Marshall scores particularly well. What would you be endorsing for those owners? Would Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Would it be down to Proust slash English this week? Yeah, look, I think he'll he'll get for probably get forward says at some stage of the season, and that will be fine, but from what we've seen from Marshall so far, we saw, you know, I was at limited preseason as well because of his preseason injuries. I know he can be a good scorer, um, but it's there's an opportunity being lost by not then jumping on like an English and a Proust combo, especially when likely the likelihood was Marshall was always going to need to be a trade out option um, because he's not Gorn and he's not Darcy and he's not this high scoring R2. So if you're already kind of committed to trading him out at some stage, you may as well take a really good option in English and then Proust as well so that you've got that, you know, R2, I guess, perfection <laughs> combo um, going on. So at least you can turn this disadvantage into an advantage. Just lastly on the right line, Grundy, 124, 101 and a 96. We did talk about him a little bit earlier. Um, I, I just think he's a far better hold option than Gorn. I think they're both, obviously, they're both holds in my opinion. Um, but if I was weighing up the two, then I'd definitely be moving Gorn on before I moved Grundy. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Grundy was on like thirty or forty, um, I think at half or third. I think it was on like thirty at halftime or something like that. Yeah. And then when Pies kicked nine in a row, he had like a forty-five point or fifty-point quarter, um, and then barely scored in the last quarter again. Um, I just think over the course of the season, Grundy's pretty easily going to go 110, 115. So yeah. I'm, I know it sucks that he had a slow start, but he's not really put out stinkers. It's just kind of peppered away, yeah. and those big games will come just naturally. All right, I'm going to swing back to defenders now because you've you've muddled me up. Um, I'm, I'm going to speed this segment up a little bit considering you waffled so much about the ruck line. Um, Love it. Defenders, first of all, uh, Rich and Crisp both have scored within a point of another. Um, Rich has gone 71, 124, 81. Crisp has gone 69, 121, and 85. Um, can can we get some... I, I just need you to calm people down. I'm, I'm seeing trade-outs with these players involved. Um, and I just, I just... I don't know. I need you to calm people down. <laughs> all right, well... 
I know you said we we're going to speed up the section. Let me slow it down and talk no, about no, crisp no, 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 no. Um, a little bit. Keep the pace. But, keep the pace. <laughs> okay, I'll keep some of the pace. Um, so people are still concerned about Crips, and I totally understand crisp. why when you look at the 85 in isolation. But his role on the weekend was really good. Um, it was so unfortunate in the third quarter when Collingwood kicked nine goals, Crisp spent the entire quarter in the back line and the ball just wasn't there and he had no opportunities to get the ball and that was really, really annoying. And then in the in the last quarter when the game was on the line, Chris played the entire game in the midfield. He was entrusted to try and lead us to victory. Clearly didn't work, but I think there's a lot to say in that he was you know first choice in the midfield um, and then he did have a really good you know, ends and, and final quarter. So um, I think there's enough there and his role is good enough that he can still go 100 plus. It's just been unfortunate that, you know, his round one was pretty average and, you know, round three has been average. But now with Dugowie out next week, he's going to be thrown even more into the midfield and um, he should score very well again. So look, it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster, but I think Crisp is just someone we've got to ride it out and if we need to reassess at the bye, I think that's probably the time to do so because he's still a, a good scorer. Um, so no stress there. And Rich, I can kind of the Rich. same thing. Yeah, go, so, go for so it. So missed about an entire quarter or almost of in the first round when he when he had momentum and then and pretty much just couldn't regain the momentum and then settled for a 71. Uh, round two, normal Rich stuff. He took, I think, 10 of the however many kickouts they had. He took the vast majority. Scored 124, looked great. This round, um, although I missed the game, I was keeping up with the scores. He was in a real good position to turn up. Um, I think he was over 50 at halftime, uh, about on or just over 75, 75 at three-quarter yeah. time. Um, finished with 81. I mean, it was it was a 100-point victory. <laughs> I don't think the ball was in his general vicinity enough in the, in the final quarter, and he just couldn't translate it into a huge score. Um, any other more competitive match, and, and he likely goes towards the 110 mark again. So... I am a rich owner. I've had less than zero concerns about Rich um, this season so far. So very explainable low scores um, for him to start Mm -hmm. the season. Lockie Whitfield to the last one. So 73, 70, and then 96. Um, I watched this game, well, 90% of this game. He was relying entirely on big momentum plays to to essentially carry his score so i mentioned off the top of the podcast he had five points until he kicked it inside 50 and pretty much received more points than what the goal scorer did for that kick um (laughs) and then he he just pretty much repeated that a few times and it got into a score of 96 i don't think his role had changed from round one and two to now um it's the the role is fine um i think it's when you watch him play, and there were a couple of times where the, the Ruckman would tap it in the CBA, uh, the, the midfielders, midfielders would chase it back a little bit, GWS would get possession, and then hand pass to the person running pass off halfback. That would be Lockie Whitford you would expect. Um, but more times than not, it just wasn't. It was Callum Ward, um, it was uh, Perryman, and a few times it was coming. And on the odd occasion, like maybe once for the entire match, it was Lockie Whitfield. That's his bread and butter. That that has been his role since he came into the league, essentially. Um, and, and now it's just not there. So it's a little bit confusing. Um, it's like he's received a directive from the coach to not run. We kind of discussed that. Does that mean he's carrying an injury? I suppose we can revisit that after... He tells us in you know, round 23 that, oh, yeah, by the way, I've been injured all season. Um, it's not something that we'll really know, but uh, 
you cannot, in my opinion, trade him unless you've missed one specific player pistol. Well, I mean, I definitely want to know who that is. But before <laughs> I get there, I uh, <laughs> I, I think um, his role looked fine to me. I mean, he, he was running. He just didn't get much of the ball. Um, I think he had the only- top speed on the ground and covered the most kilometers. Yeah, no, he's he's literally, his role is totally fine. I mean, it seems like he spends the first 10 minutes or so in the back, in the halfback flank, and then the rest of the game. Then he went off on the bench, and then he would come on, and then he'd be on the wing for the rest of the quarter. Yep. I think they did that in three of the four quarters, and I think that's a totally fine role. I'm happy with that, but he just didn't get much of the ball. 20 touches, and a lot of it is in, like, short bursts, so we go, like, these long periods of time without getting the ball. And as you said, he had, like, two goal assists and a contested mark, and these things are, like, amazing super coach point-scoring things, but not super sustainable. Um, some of them are a bit luck-based. And um, if if Whitfield is to average 95-plus, he needs to average 25-plus touches. So that's, you know, it's mostly uncontested game style. So if he's not hitting that mark, then I'm going to start getting worried. But... Yeah, you know, as an owner, I'll, of course, hold him again, watch him again, see if there's an improvement. But if he if he's only going to be peppering these twenty touches a game, he's going to be out of my side, unfortunately, quicker than most because that's the judgment of how he's that's how he gets his super coach points. The aforementioned player is obviously George Hewitt. So if you missed out on Hewitt last week, you need one more week to convince you. Um, I know Lockie Whitfield scored ninety six, but. If you watched both games, I think it's quite easy to tell that Hewitt is a more sustainable scorer than Whitfield. I would be making that switch personally. You've seen Hewitt with the five midfielders now. He's a tick from me, a tick from all the coaches that own him, which is about over half the competition. So I think I'd be making that switch personally. Onto that the, trade would make you like 200 points across a year. Yeah, uh, uh, e- easily, I think. I, I'm really yeah. worried about Whitfield just averaging 80 or 85 for the season, if that um, yeah. which which sucks because I love owning Whitfield, but it is what it is. So the midfielders, we've got two to discuss here. First of all, I've seen a couple of people with Parrish in their trade plans. He started the year with 99, 110, and 97. Really threatening to be that annoying guy that doesn't score poorly enough to trade out, but um, doesn't score well enough to warrant a spot in your M138. I do think you'll get there, though. Um, I, I mean, obviously, he started poorly, but... So of Essendon, I think he ends up getting there um, with a with a one ten plus average. It's it's it must be very frustrating uh, to own him. I, I do think that there's the role is good enough. He's got a lot of the ball. It's not like he's struggling to find thirty touches. So the scoring will come. Just got to be a little bit patient there. Um, JB, I know we're not going to touch on it, but just so that no one asks, I think we're in agreement that uh, um, Bowie down back, Bowie, Bowie. Down back is probably too late now we are going to, to touch jump on, on. Oh, we are going to. Yeah, you've jumped ahead again. Can we finish the midfield are segment? We, are we in the midfielders? Yes. I, I, I don't have a run sheet, so. No, I have the run sheet, no so sense. you just answer the questions. Can I talk to your manager? No, you answer Jesus. my questions as I ask them. That's it. That's literally yes, how the podcast goes. No. I agree. Parish is a hold. Okay. Next, next one. Tom Mitchell uh, has scored 80, 82, 86. Um, this is going to transition us into our next talking point. A potential DPP candidate to start the season, but he is scoring so, so poorly to start the year. Um, obviously, the fact that I've mentioned him as a potential DPP player sort of alludes to the fact that he's got a different role. I don't know how sustainable that role is, um, but players like Water getting 
really high CBI attendances that we didn't exactly expect with a full midfield. Someone's got to suffer for that. And I just think Tom Mitchell, although he has been a champion player in the past, I don't know if he adds win shares to teams by being in the midfield at the moment. He doesn't seem like that guy. I don't know if that's just me or what do you, what do you sort of, what's your take on the situation? Well, if you didn't get Hewitt, pro- I mean, look, there's plenty of options to stream to. You could trade it to Hewitt. You could trade it to English if you wanted English. If you want to trade to Crips, you could trade to Crips. Um, I don't know if there's many other people that I'd probably trade him for. Um, look, the problem is I think he will probably come good closer to the end of the season when all these young players tire out and he needs to, you know, he's, he's the one of the older heads at the club and, you know, his legs will last longer throughout the season and he'll have more run in them towards the end. And especially if he has forward status by then, um, yeah. he's definitely going to be someone that's on our radars and might need to trade back in. But how can you how can you pay, you know, 600K for a guy that's put out 380 scores in a row and his role currently looks bad? Well, they've done it. They've paid for it. But do you keep uh, well, it? Kind of I rhetorical, like... That's not that's not good. If the role looks bad, that's one of the rules of if the role yeah, is bad exactly right. and you're scoring bad, that's enough to trigger me saying, you know what, okay, I'm going to cut my losses before I last six more weeks in it. Same last season I've talked about before, traded Josh Kelly, who was on the forward, he was playing on the half forward flank and I traded him to Oliver at round four and that trade gained me like 400 points throughout the season. I think sometimes it's just better to cut your losses well, the earlier thing is, and then just say, yep, he's, done he's now. Yeah, he's still 580K. He's got a break-even of 176. If you keep the faith with him for any longer, you're, you're missing out on being able to do a quick switch to a, a Uber that you've missed out on. I think Clayton Oliver and Jack Steele have both sort of dropped a tiny bit into sort of more favorable prices. Um, if, you, if you wanted to jump on either of those guys with Tom Mitchell, I think it'd be a really positive move. Yeah, as well. I, I, I do too. I think Steel is much better than than Titch. It's not even close. Okay, I'm going to ignore the obvious segue to the DPP discussion. I'm going to quickly jump into what you tried <laughs> to segue into early, which was the too late section. Um, I've got three guys here, Brody, Bowie, and Sherry. Are, are people too late on these guys? I'm going to say yes for two of them and not too late on one of them, if you want to theorize on who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think... Can, can I just jump into the DPP section? Um, <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I think... Um, I think you, you're going to want Sherry just for that ruck forward DPP. Um, I think that's too handy to have as cover throughout the season. Yep. And he looks like he's going to be a good scorer and still make a lot of money. So I think it's not too late to grab him. I think um, I'm probably leaving... Um, Bowie down back as mentioned before I think he's already jumped once in price and still I watched him he's a great player JB really like, good I think I still think he's a better player in real life than he is a super coach scorer which is crazy when he's just scored like a 150 and like a, an, an 89 um, I wouldn't I just the way that he plays and gets possessions I can see him scoring a 50 and a 60 like quite easily um, it's just he hasn't done that I guess and since round one um, I didn't see any real change in how he plays with and without Salem I don't think it no. impacts him I just think he's a good player and sometimes he'll score well and sometimes he won't score well oh, I really want to say the meme and I'm sure some people know what meme I'm talking about but I'm not going to curse on the podcast uh, lastly Brody I think again uh, he's in the too late category I do too I'm, I'm with you on that one I think uh, 
He's just, I know he's peppered than like 90. I think he's got like just around the 90s-ish. Um, he doesn't seem like someone's going to kill you. I don't see him to go like a 120 oh God, and like I price know. you out. I think he's going to go in like these 80s, um, maybe 90s, and then be a nice cash cow. I, I think as soon as Fife and Mundy and all that are back, um, he'll be someone that we trade out. Like he's not making it to the buy. I highly doubt it. Speaking of cash cows, um, I got some bubble boys written down here, Pistol. So I think this is pretty much going to be my only recommendation to people in, in regards to trades. Um, we spoke about Marshall. Uh, we spoke about if you traded Gorn last week and whether you'd want Proust this week. We spoke about Tom Mitchell. I think he's pretty desperate. Besides that, I think there's only really one option for people to go for this week, and that is if you miss Nick Martin. He's got a break-even of negative 124. Um, I don't even think I need to explain myself here. His job security is amazing. Uh, his scoring potential is, is on-field uh, worthy. And if you missed him, you, you're just using a trade. Uh, otherwise, um, we've got a few players. Sam DeConing, uh, Hugh Dixon, I think is one that if he's named at another time, might be an option for people. Brady Hoff, um, O'Driscoll, Skinner, Wang and Miller. Who's catching your eye here? Glad and Thompson Dow. I any one of these bubble boys... At all. Besides um, Nick Martin. Yeah, just, just Nick Martin. He, It's funny, just a lot of people had Rochelle, you know, on field or Hayes on field at F6, but Nick Martin's just like a way better F6 way better. option yep. and much more stable. Um, I think that security and sleep at night factor is there with him at F6. He looks like a really good player. Like he's so composed and classy. Um, I, I don't have any concerns with him and I'm looking forward to grabbing him this week. Yeah. All the re- others, I, I, I really wouldn't bother. If you had um, to get two, for sure. would you get two, two if you had to somehow? No. I think you just need... The, the thing is there's so much cash being made on our fields already and on our bench. Um, I know I wouldn't really waste a trade on someone who's average just because there's so many really good players. I mean, like Reef, um, Reef McKins for Collingwood looks very solid and he's someone that could potentially hold his spot as well. Um, and he scored a 61 in his first game, and he might be better than all the other guys coming through. And I think there's going to be a couple of guys if, if Hobbs debuts, and there's just there's going to be more bubble boys um, coming through. I think through the Holland's, that, Holland's as well has been playing well in the VFL, as well as a bunch of other players. Um, Lachlan Glant. There's not enough spots in our team, no, JB, for not. these people. There's not. Glant, if he survives, uh, Tex coming back this week, which, which I think Tex is probably sandful bound. I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, I think they said that that will happen. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, in that case, it doesn't really matter. But I think Darcy Fogarty probably goes out before Glant at this very moment. But He's if that's keep forward Adelaide, it's just not appealing yeah, to me. Yeah, that that that's the thing. And there's tr- there's actually a lot of competition for that spot. So, um, so who are you trading out, JB? Like if, if to you get to don't have Martin. Martin, I don't have. So I don't have Martin. Okay, I don't I'm have Martin. Going and I'll get Bruce. So, who am I trading out? I'm not going to read you my whole team, but I have pretty much all the good rookies. What do I do? Well, everyone has at least one dead rookie, right? No. You have zero dead rookies. Well, some people have zero dead rookies, especially if you if you reinvested in downgrading from Gorn and now you've got you've changed those dead rookies to non-dead rookies. Um, yeah. You don't have a dead rookie. I mean, I got Dixon, but he's not dead. And Hayes, I guess, could be dropped. And maybe Stevens will be dropped. But if they're not dropped or if they are dropped, you know, what order am I trading out these players for Martin? I think if Stevens is dropped, he he could be traded out quite easily. 
Um, it's him coming back. Uh, he probably does at some point, but whether it's a one week stint, uh, horse, I don't, I don't know with horse. Um, players seem to fall into the abyss and, and not sort of return immediately with when it comes to rookies. He starts them. Um, they have a couple of poor games. I, I, by the way, I think Steven survives another week, but um, yeah, I, I just don't have a lot of faith in that situation. Otherwise, it's probably Rochelle. As much as I, I endorse oh, holding Rochelle, didn't expect that. Um, as, as much as I endorse holding him, he, he probably does have the worst role. He could be the best player. He got CBAs against Paul. He's and, so good. And looks so I good love in there. Um, but he, crap, the scoring amazing. potential is just going to struggle in 70% of the games. And that could be you know, three or four of the next five. And all of a sudden, we just need to get rid of him and he's not made any cash. So yeah, uh, of all the guys, I think he's probably the one to cash in. But I really hope, like I've got Baldwin and Owens, so I'm getting rid of Baldwin. I hope people have that sort of situation um, because so, Rochelle's so another one Rochelle that could Hey, Over Dixon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over I, Hayes. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Even if Hayes, like, obviously Hayes is the potential to be dropped at any point in time because the three big men, I'm not sure exactly worked. So knowing Rochelle is lasting until the bye because he looks like he... The job well, I mean, security. Almost definitely. Hayes has negative 14 break even. All it takes is one Ruckman injury on two injury-prone Ruckman that are in that team. <laughs> and he, <laughs> so he's actually just making another 100K. Like, it's that simple. Uh, I think yeah. Hay- Hayes is a season long hold unless he makes the money in the next you know, around the buyers. Um, Dixon, I guess, but you just you're making zero money on that. Like I suppose that's fine. Um, yeah, may- maybe Dixon over Rochelle, but having that having that switch is also pretty important. So I don't know. Ward, Durden. I wouldn't trade Ward. I think Ward's a pretty easy hold. Durden also a pretty easy hold. Just the Ward's role is so good. The hundred plus like twenty two CBAs on the on the weekend. I mean, he's going to be... It's going to happen. He just needs to use the ball a little bit better. And Durden, Durden is a really... Again, he's, he's a really... I mean, he doesn't translate into super coach points, but he's actually a really good player. <laughs> he's going to be up and down all season. He, all he season. might literally go one game on, one game off, but very good on the weekend. So no, They've I got a great ruck draw, as we know. Carlton spoke about it heaps. So. who did they play last uh, week? As soon as... Hawthorne. As soon as... Um, no, no not, not, not the week just gone. The week before that. The week before... Last week. Not this weekend, just gone. Last week. Oh, I would tell you if my uh, phone wasn't frozen. Okay, There's a, always some technology have, issue that happens right, in they the play, podcast. They play Bulldogs. Okay, Don't, never mind. I struggle under I, the pressure. I remember Durden scored poorly, but they won. So I was wondering who they versed, but it's Bulldogs. That's probably fair enough. Um, all right, I got one more topic to go through, and then we're going to look at captains. So DPP uh, changes... They're obviously yeah. coming up in the next couple of weeks, exactly after round five. So they will be changed for round six, um, as per Supercoach. DPP changes. The guys that I've got on my list here, I want you to just tell me how relevant. A lot of them are already in our team. So the ones that most people already own, Sherry, Dacos, JHF, Hinge, um, to get Sherry, Ruck forward status, Dacos mid defense, JHF mid forward, and Hinge mid defense as well. Can we talk about that for a sec? Yeah, so let, let's, let's just quickly bash through the guys that are going to be already in our team and just how important those switches are. And, and if we need to plan anything, we probably don't. It's all just going to be like a bonus, but um, what you're sort of looking out for those guys? I think if we just start with Nick Dacos, yeah. obviously feel more comfortable talking about him given how much I watch him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he didn't play that much in the back line this weekend. Almost none. Um, the, one one free play possession in defense, two kickouts. 
The rest yeah. was mid forward. Well, I mean, he obviously took kick out, so he was back there. Yeah, um, yeah, but, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened was Maynard came back in the side, and Dacos pretty much got pushed out of there. He had four CBAs and then played off the half forward for majority of the game. Um, and I think, you know, he's a gun, so he's going to be good wherever he is on the ground. But in our fully fit team, um, he's probably playing off the half forward flank. So I'm not sure he's done enough now to actually get defender status by, you know, Could round, he get forward the, status? round five. Well, I think it's possible. I don't know if he can get there before round five just because he didn't play any of it. Two more weeks. First two That's three of, the, three of the potential five weeks playing forward. I really wouldn't be surprised if he ended up with a split that had more than 35% as a defender and more than 35% as a forward and less in the midfield, but he already has mid status. And then I don't know how they determine if he gets defender status or forward status because technically it should be both. I mean, unless it's exactly 36% either way, I think they just give it to the one with the higher percentage. Most likely. You and I imagine. hope that's defender status um, because I that would be more valuable. I mean, Dacos as a defender, could you could hold him all the way to the buy, but Dacos as a forward, you're probably upgrading before the buy. Mm. So... Um, it's a it's a bit frustrating and we'll have to wait and see, but definitely don't bank on him getting defender status. I think that's totally still up in the air. Yep. And same same with Horn Francis um, at the moment. Just because of their injuries. Uh, but uh, yeah. they're getting a returning LDU off that concussion, which is very handy. But sure. Taron Thomas is the one 20 CBAs yeah, yeah. from 34. So he had mostly midfield time, which could have totally ruined his I think um, he gets splits. it. I think I'm pretty confident he gets it. Yeah. Okay. Supremely well, confident. I hope you're right. <laughs> I don't think it matters that much to be honest because our forward lines are already stacked. I mean, yeah. look, Nick Martin, Nick Martin could get forward midfield eligibility, yeah, and then maybe we get a nice does. swing. Yeah, we get nice swing between them both, but it doesn't matter. I don't have enough forward slots to play on my forwards. Um, we've already discussed Sherry, who might be in your right line by then. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hinge defender midfield. I think he's just handy. It, it's nothing that's like. We're not counting on it, but it's very handy to have. Um, I think it's good to have rookies that have that defender midfield status. Not so much premiums. It's, it's not really relevant for them. But, um, well, I mean, it is around the buyers when you're swinging stuff around to, to field as many guys as possible. But um, yeah. I like when the rookies have it so we can sort of do some trading mumbo-jumbo, which is always fun. Um, yeah. The other guys who have the potential to get it at this point, um, but depending on how they go in the next two weeks is, is really going to decide it. Pendlebury, who spent a lot of time in the midfield this week, just gone, but has been in defense a lot. Degoe's out, though, so it'll be interesting to see who yeah, gets true. more midfield time. So um, Pendles might miss the first cutoff, which we thought was almost a guarantee. We mentioned Tom Mitchell earlier with the potential forward status. And lastly, yeah, he's been starting off that forward. Dane Zorko, who's played a lot of defense this year. Yeah, heaps. Um, look, Zorko with his Achilles keeps like going off and on with injury. I don't feel super comfortable trading him. I'll do yeah. with a... I think he is that old, isn't he? Yeah, it's not, it's How not old do you old. think he is? 31. 32. Is that the same age as you? Are you 31, no, 32? Close. Close. Turning 30. He's 33. Um, yeah. No, we're nearly the same age, brothers. Um, what? But he... I don't know if I can trade him in, in Supercoach, to be honest. Okay, because um, he's old. Even if he scores a million points. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. I think he I would mean, if, he, if he scored a million points. I kind of just say. Will I, Butters get DPP? Uh, yeah, should do. So my entire forward line will get DPP and half of my midfield and half of my back line. 
Yeah. That's wild. That's very good for swings. Very that's, good for swings. That's crazy. I'm going to have my like uh, my buys and they'll be like, okay, four defenders have this buy, five defenders have this buy, and four forwards have this buy. And then I'll be like, actually, I can just swing my entire team around and make, you know, get 18 playing every I'm round. you have nine defenders, but we move. Um, <laughs> lastly, just captains, captaincy discussions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't try and save face there. Got cured in the midfield, man. No, what are you no, talking no, about? No, 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 please. <laughs> um, sp- spare me that. Spare me that. All right, so just captaincy discussion. This podcast has honestly gone for 30 minutes longer than what I thought it would. Um, it's been brilliant discussions, though. We're going to finish off with the captaincy. <laughs> if I didn't say so myself. Oh, absolutely. I've, I'm, I've been really thrilled in this entire podcast. I'm only making one trade this week, but this has been interesting to, to discuss. Um so I think it's it's pretty I think they're pretty obvious this week. Um I've got a question mark on one of them. So firstly Clary VC against Port, I think um Port aren't, aren't travelling well, I think it's fair to say. Um, pretty trash. The the issue is they do have negating guys like Willem Drew, who I think will pay some attention to one of the midfielders uh for Melbourne. Not sure who that is. Gorn typically doesn't score great against Port either. I think we tend to double team him a little bit on and off the field so um i think the, the, the how are you Mel- going to double team him what do you mean like with, which player is double team gone well last year it was lysette and laddams yeah so what happened this year well i guess it's lysette and robbie gray i mean i'm, I'm just thinking of your back line and forward line and i guess I it's, think t- you've got it's a second tough and, player here. it's tougher now that we've got yeah, it's tough. It's definitely tougher now that we've got the um, the injuries. BC gone. I don't own him, but I would be uh, considering that. <laughs> really? Okay. Any, anyway, interesting. I think that's interesting. I, I like it. I like it. Um, Lucky Neil, I'm a little bit concerned about his ankle. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a little bit of a fair. knock, and um, I just think I would have usually penciled him in for a one ten plus, but. I'm a, I'm a little, well, 115, 120 plus. I'm a little concerned. It's just in, in the 110 to 120 range. Um, so I don't what mind if, the VC. But. Are we concerned McRae played like entirely wing in one quarter of the game and that's why he didn't score super well? Because he's got a great yes. matchup against Bull, uh, against Richmond. So I, ha- I have him down here with a star next to his name as my, like he's got to be involved in the loop somehow. But it's definitely concerning. Definitely concerning. What do we do about it? Like... He's not going to average 92 for the year. I think he, no, no, I think he still scores still well regardless. But um, I just got to keep an eye out. Yeah. Maybe. maybe uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's let's look at the other options before we jump into that. Um, Fremantle have GWS. It's just the sort of the next game on the, the schedule here. Avoid GWS at all costs, please. Um, Took was double team tagged. And as much as I don't expect to see that in the future, um, Brayshaw... tag Brayshaw. Brayshaw definitely gets a tag this week. Um, and I think they just do that going forward. They're a very horrible team when it comes to Supercoach. I think Leon actually only keeps his job just to deter Supercoaches from playing the game. So um, quite frustrating. If you have Jack Steele, I think he's a brilliant option against Hawthorne this week. Um, took Miller a potential captaincy option as well. Do we trust Patrick Cribbs? Yes, I nearly captained him this week. Should have captained him this week. Um, he mm. looks fantastic, outstanding. The only thing is, I know Carlton's midfield has blown away pretty much every midfield they've played because they've yeah. got like a fantastic mix. Um, Took Miller and Raul and Anderson are really good. They're very good. Like the rest of the Gold Coast team is not very good. 
But those three guys in the middle are very good, and that's where Carlson will have to go up against. So it'll be an interesting midfield battle, see who wins that. I feel less confident than I probably should. Potentially um, no pit net as well. Yeah, that's pretty... Oh, I mean, look, DeConing De will go into the ruck, and he's... I like him, but... It's a great matchup against Wits, because... He's the athletic type, and I feel like you've got to play those athletic types against the Man Mountains, like Jackson played. You know, Jackson was better against Wits than Gorm was against Wits. So I feel mm. like De Koning's probably better for Carlton against Wits anyway. Um, it's going to be interesting. JB, I think the only one that was... The one that I'm probably considering is Dunkley. Yeah, I, I like Dunkley most weeks because he's that high-variance player. The thing is... No, but uh, Richmond I, at midfield, you know... Yeah, no, no, I points. agree, I agree. But I don't know... Like, would you captain Dunkley, or are you talking about Dunkley into... I'm thinking into, straight like, captain. Wow. Wow, okay. Who, wait, who would you VC into that? Well, I, don't, I don't remember how I was, had that problem with all my players playing. Maybe Neil or something. Oh, wait. Oh, so you got everyone playing. Yeah, I, I don't have a red dot, so I, unless someone's dropped or multiple people are dropped, which is possible. Maybe Neil mm. is injured. I don't know. No, let's not manifest that. Yeah. Um, I probably okay. don't have a VC. Okay, that's interesting. Um, oh, I like Dunkley. I think Dunkley's got a really high floor, um, especially against someone like Richmond. Yeah, I like it. I mean, good for 120 at least. Uh, don't jinx it. Don't say that. No, no, I, that? I'm, I'm good with my captains. Do don't, don't come at me with captaincy stuff. Look, I think this is a really t- tough week. I think last week was an easy week and it turned out to be really tough. So maybe this one's just... Nice and free flowing. I think I like Gorn. Um, I like people who, Oliver's, if yeah, if we hear something Oliver's. good about Lockie Neal's ankle, I don't mind that selection either. Um, I think either Western Bulldogs player is good as a VC option, um, captaincy option on Dunkley probably a good shout as well. And then besides that, I think you're looking at Steele or Took Miller for me. Great. Do, does Hewitt tag Took? Do you think? No, there's no Hewitt. Hewitt is a clearance specialist at this point in time. Yeah, the I long agree. days, long gone are the days where he was tagging anyone. I agree. Cool. No, he's good. Good, good podcast, man. <laughs> you're very, you're very um, high on this podcast in the middle of the podcast. You didn't want to wait till the end. <laughs> I'm actually pretty low on it. I, I don't expect to hear good things. We we had a good podcast last week, though. I appreciate <laughs> everyone who reached out to us. I think we were pretty pretty happy with how last week went and everyone sort of you know got around us which is great really you think there's a that. correlation between good podcasts and then poor performances on the weekend uh no i guess we'll probably, find out after probably this unrelated <laughs> okay. now, now that we've had a bad podcast we'll find out if we if we score really well all right well to wrap up Ooh, um if we again up. well yeah i'm gonna wrap up yeah go so for I'm it done. i'm done now yeah, um, do it, do it, do it. i'm keen no no just a reminder for anyone that has yet to sign up, if you want to join our last coach standing competition, Am you I are still, still able to join as long as you pass the first two cutoff marks. Um, I can't recall what either of them were in the first two weeks, but they were relatively low. I think this week, I haven't done it yet, but it'll be around... Like survive? 20, yeah, you survived, I think. It's around oh, 2030 God. or 2040. And the previous week before that was... Oh boy, I should have looked that up before. Probably like twenty one eighty. That's what. That's my. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, should be pretty. As long as you're going okay this season, you should have passed mark, and you're still able to enter the last man, the last coach standing, which is the uh, last 
I guess, X amount of people in the group based on the how many rounds and how many people are in it. Let's say 10% are cut every week, and then the winner gets a nice grand prize. Um, otherwise, you can check out our weekly articles on code. They're, they still have a one-month free trial, so you can check them out. If you have any questions on Twitter, you can find myself at pistol underscore DRSC. You can find Chizo at Chizo with a Z underscore DRSC. You can find JB at JB underscore DRSC or the main page at Dr underscore SC. Wow. That was a good wrap-up. Thanks. Appreciate it. And I uh, appreciate everyone listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.